0: Hello and welcome to the 2K Fantasy Premier League podcast. We are on episode 58, and this is our official game week one podcast ahead of the start of the 2023 2024 season. We're recording this on Friday afternoon, so pretty much uh, seven days before the deadline which is next Friday, 11th of August at 6.30 UK time, ahead of the Burnley-Man City game, which will start off the season. But before I go into any more detail,
1: I'll say hello to Kev. Hello, mate. How are things? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm just on uh, vacation for two weeks, right up to, I guess, the deadline. I'll be on vacation right that whole weekend, and then I go back to work after that weekend so things will be good not the cottage that's why the audio is probably different (laughs) yeah Um, man i'm good you
0: yeah good uh i'm so i think you come back you must come back from late you must come back go back to work i'm off in a couple of weeks time for a couple uh, i'm off a couple of weeks myself so uh yeah i'll I'll have some dodgy wi-fi at some point when we try and record a pod (laughs) but um we will we will cross that bridge when we get there. So so you so you kind of take all your holidays in the summer, do Because this is like your second second week block, if that kind
1: of makes sense. I try, to. my clients are all on vacation in the summer and I own a I own a cottage which is like a, a lake house. I don't know what you guys call shit over there, but basically I own a second property that's a vacation home that's on a lake. We have a boat and stuff, so it kind of makes sense to use my vacation in the summer. It's quieter at work, so you don't feel like You know, there's too many fires to put out uh, while you're away. So you can kind of actually turn your brain off. And um, yeah, I just, I don't know. We only get good weather in the summer in Canada. (laughs) So it's a good time to use it. But next year is a little different. I'm planning on coming to the UK as I was telling you. So we'll see how vacation goes next year. But I have a bunch of vacation built up. Like I didn't really take a ton over the last number of years. We get this cool thing at work that's like a sabbatical. Once you've worked here seven years, you get like a bunch of extra weeks to go do whatever the hell it is you always wanted to do one day instead of, I guess, considering quitting your job to go do it. (laughs) So it's a cool perk. So I'll have a bunch of vacation next year. And we have a, I don't know if I've even said this on the pod, but we have our fourth kid due August 28th. So that's coming up. End of this month. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting close. And my wife will be on mat leave next year, which is maternity leave. I don't know again what everybody. Yeah, calls we call it. it mat leave. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, next year. I think we're going to do like a big trip while she's on mat leave because the way my wife's work uh, sort of plays out is she has to be working to get paid. It's not like a salary position. So her being on that leaves is a good time for us to use that sabbatical. So anyway, next year we're gonna do a big UK trip. My parents live in the UK. Stay with them. They live in uh, Yorkshire, and then we'll sort it out from there. But it's looking like, it's looking like it's gonna be sometime March, April, May, something like that, like in the spring before summer, and uh, when you know Premier League fixtures are on and that and whatnot. However, that being said. Every Sheffield Wednesday game that's on, my dad will be going to and I'll be with him. <laughs> so you gotta I have to figure all that shit out. But I want to do like a meetup or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you gonna, or maybe get together for sure and do some pods or hang out or whatever. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Looking forward. Yeah. We'll definitely
0: be doing some it. So perhaps at some point you'll see me and Kev sat next week. In some ways, sitting next to each other doing a pod might be harder than doing it remotely. Who knows? But I'm sure we'll work it out. <laughs> um cool so in terms of what we're going to cover for this pod i'll start with some fixture difficulty clean sheet odds we then have a quite a few questions so one of the questions was about differentials so i thought we'd start there i'll then do a bit of team news stroke transfer gossip and we'll throw in um some questions as we go through that and then we still have quite we know we, we have quite a lot of questions overall. And to the extent to which we haven't answered those questions by our general uh chatting, we will cover those off at the end. So a fairly packed agenda. So I should start with it. So for those that haven't heard it before, I do fix difficulty based on the FPL Premier League games rating. So if you go to any team, it tells you whether the fixtures are rated a two, three, four, 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 or five. I don't know why they don't have a fixture rating one, but they don't. It's a two, three, four, five. So I just quite simply take the 2020 teams, see what the fixtures are, add them up, and the lowest numbers, the best fixtures, the highest numbers, the worst fixtures. Very simple. So I've looked over six weeks and over four four weeks. So over six weeks, the teams of the best fixtures are Arsenal of the best. They have a score of 14. Uh, bearing in mind that over six weeks the best we can get is 12 so gosha their fixtures are pretty good. Luton's is I put it's 14 and a half. They have a they they have a blank in game week game week two, So I, I put that down to a two and a half so I can identify when someone's got a blank. So Luton's fixtures are pretty good apart from obviously they, they do blank. And then Brentford and Man City both have 15. So I think they're the teams that people were thinking had some had some decent fixtures. And the teams the worst fixtures are West Ham of 19 and Forest and Newcastle both have 20. Uh, if you look over four weeks, it's not a massive change, but um, we've got three teams on nine. So bear in mind that eight would be the best score, and that's Arsenal, Brentford and Everton. And then we've got three teams on the score of 10, which is Man City, Brighton and Spurs. And I think Man City and Brighton are kind of on people's radars. And then teams, the worst fixtures are Burnley, Fulham and Newcastle. So Newcastle have the worst fixtures over four weeks and six weeks. So I think that probably confirms some stuff we already knew, Kev. But I think it's just quite useful to write write it down and uh, have that have have that set out. Um, in terms of clean sheet odds, so this is just for game week one. We have three teams in the fifties, two teams in the forties. So the teams the best clean sheet odds are Man City fifty five percent away at Burnley, Brighton fifty four percent at home to Luton, and Arsenal 52%, fifty two percent fifty. 2% at home to Nottingham Forest. And the two teams in the 40s, are, again, sort of teams are sort of back in here. Man United, 49% at home to Wolves. <clears throat> and then Newcastle, 42% at home to Aston Villa. So they're the team's the best clean sheet odds. Um, Actually, Kev, I'm going to throw this question at you now. Question of the week. I'm bringing it in early because I think you might know the answer to this. Um, yeah. Okay. Across the four positions... Who are the most wholly owned players in the game and then for any bonus try and get that percentage within
1: i don't know five percent like guess the percentage yeah so like Holland is the obvious one his percentage is what like eighty six and if if it's between 91 and 81 i win yeah that that, that the percentage is just a bonus it's the bonus but anyway so, Harland, of course. And
0: I'm, I'm, I'm uh, what's your guess on this percentage? i will do 86. I mean, that's really good, Kev, because Harland is the most owned forward, which is probably not a surprise. He's 86.8. Damn. So, that's that's a bloody good guess. Um, what's really <laughs> interesting, actually, just looking at this, Watkins and Jesus uh-huh. are both 18%. So it's like a massive, I don't realize it's a massive gap to everyone else, which kind of goes to show a lot of people are well, doing the sort of one or two forwards right okay that's forwards yeah. where are you going for next Kev?
1: i think it's going to be saka um i think it's around 50 but i uh i don't know the number 50 i guess i'll hedge myself more in the middle like 54
0: oh we're on fire it is saka 55.2 <laughs> okay sweet and, and and just the record second is rashford at 42 uh, Matoma 37, and then we start dropping a bit. So then it's Fernandez at 26. <laughs> so yeah,
1: ugly.
0: yeah. So Kev is on
1: fire here. Okay, So the defender. Well, that'll be a stupid in, because I know I, I, he was around 50 as well. I'm gonna go 50. I might have. I don't see why he would have dropped. I don't see why he would have dropped. So I'm gonna go with, again, like in the middle, like 50, 54.
0: With a stupid in? Yeah. stupid and correct and his percentage is 50.9 so yeah whoa <laughs> really well I, th- I thought i thought you'd stick with 50 there was wow. like you're getting so close but anyway, anyway that's well within the five five percent limit i gave you w- well done and then goalkeeper for the Goal. for the clean sweep and, and the bonus clean sweep this is
1: more difficult because onana came in and he's sort of like sucking up uh ownership because he came in a bit later but there's all those dead there's all those people that you know made a team and don't actually give a fuck uh could still be ramsdale or does he even number one this one i'm kind of like clueless on them i'm gonna go i'll just go. i'll just go on onana and hope that he's risen i mean i haven't looked at this in over a week that's kind of how I already, you know, I already knew some of them because I had been, I had noticed how high that those guys were. Right? I'm gonna go Nana. I think this one I'm wrong on just because I can't really think more as, as clearly as the other guys. And I'll go thirty-one. So you got the percentage correct because the
0: percentage is thirty-one point seven. For Nana? No, but you got the one goalkeeper oh, Ramsdale. No, it's the one oh. you're gonna kick yourself about. Think about think about it. Okay. Who's picture. everyone
1: got? Everyone's got one on. Oh fuck, yeah. Okay. Ariola.
0: Ariola exactly. Exactly. It's kind of bit a bit of a trick one that because it was often the goalkeeper is the popular 4 million goalkeeper on the bench, isn't it, rather than the first starting one. What are the so, other guys? How spread
1: out are the other keepers? They're, still about... fairly,
0: they're really spread out. So Ariola's Yes, yeah, so Ariola's 31.7, which is why I said your percentage was good. Uh Anana is 23.7, so he is he's kind of the popular First choice, if you kind of see what I mean, because obviously, I assume no one's starting. Ariola was their keeper, and then Ramsdale is twenty point four. So, as you say, Anana has jumped over Ramsdale, and then the next one there, I've got got on my list is Edison at thirteen point seven. So you can see it's fairly spread out after that.
1: Where's where's the highest four or five, and is it Pickford?
0: I have. We have a look. It is Pickford. It's just behind Edison at twelve point nine.
1: I mean. Like, I don't know. Their fixtures are really good. I've just sort of dismissed it because, you know, his historical points aren't great and stuff. But, like, I think yeah. I saw somewhere where they basically cleaned everyone in preseason and Dice is there. Yeah. They all end up going there on wildcard or something, you know? I mean, and as I just said,
0: he's Everton of one of the three teams, the best first four fixtures based on the Premier League rating. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, he, he certainly, he was actually my last draft. I've given to Johnny pot on the website, actually. So I'm kind of, I've been looking at Pickford I, 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 do like him as a pick. Um, that half a million is just huge right now. Yeah, it can be absolutely. So Kev, one of the questions we had of well, many questions. So thank you everyone. Carl asked, who is our favorite differentials? Which kind of made sense that we then sort of think about our differentials. Um, I've written loads down. Of which to be fair four of them are probably in one of the drafts i've done quite recently you so you have fucking loads seven. seven yeah we said who are your favorite ones i can have quite i can have quite a yeah, quite man. a few you left me
1: two spots on this doc sheet to do
0: you could have as many as you want but anyway i i will okay. let you take i'll let you take yours and you're happy to cover any of mine and i should uh, say that when i talked about my differentials i talked about players that i've either put in my team or i'm considering putting in my team so okay. you know, these are genuine players i'm thinking about for. For the for the start so but kev i will let
1: you go first with yours. all right uh one years i is like if he's starting he's locked in my team i think you know who i'm talking about yeah <clears throat> anyway okay so first one's call will everybody's on Chillwell. uh i think that i think a 4.5 million chelsea defender is is t- usually gold in the game the only thing is You know, a lot of the other defenders have been sort of underpriced. Like, like Arsenal at 5 million. That's underpriced, right? I mean, they had a lot of clean sheets last year. There's no reason to expect them to, to regress. In fact, they added rice. There's going to be matches where they have party and Rice out there against probably the big clubs. I could see them with more clean sheets and 5 million is fucking, they should be like 6 million in any other year, right? Normally the like cities and Liverpool's and whatever clean sheet guys. Not, not the Trents and robos but like the Van dykes and whatever those guys are normally six million diaz is six million so why these guys all came in at five is crazy uh anyway so so while I get callwell 4.5 would normally be you know something we're all really interested in i guess because you can get like known studs at five that's probably why nobody really has any four and a halfs because there's Botman, there's Henry, there's the Villa guys that are all sort of expected to do semi decent at four and a half. Yeah. Then there's gonna be breakout guys like one of the uh, one of the fullbacks maybe at Spurs or whatever. So anyway, I do, I do like the fact that, I mean, I don't like the fact that everyone else there is injured, but the other cheap guys are all injured. Fafana and I think the other guy got hurt too, right? Um, yes. Sh- whatever his fucking name is, uh, but
0: uh, Buddy Shell.
1: Yeah, they just signed Caldwell to a big extension and Potch was talking about him in preseason. So I do think as if you need a four and a half guy like Chelsea have better fixtures to start the season than all those other guys besides maybe Henry, but apparently Brentford have looked terrible in preseason. So I think out of all the four and a half, I don't really want to start with a Botman or or a Villa four and a half just because their fixtures are so bad. For for a while, I could see their prices dropping. I could see Botman's huge ownership, and then as the game goes on, people are like, "Whoa, holy fuck! I didn't realize their fixtures were this bad." And some other guy breaks out, and they move from Botman to so and so. In fact, you know, when you were mentioning the clean sheet odds earlier, when they had when they had uh, Newcastle favored so. Percentage so high against Villa, that was the one that stood out to me. I was like, nah, that's bullshit. Villa well, are probably. 42.
0: I mean, it's less than 50%, though, isn't it? Still 42. Still, it's yeah. like still fourth decent.
1: Highest or, or something in the league. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I just, I don't know. Villa are good. They're not bad. They're good. Uh, I think they're going to score against yeah. Newcastle and I think they're going to score against Liverpool and whatnot. So anyway, um, Caldwell is my first one. That's sort of outside. Uh, and, the and for the record,
0: he is 2.7% owned in the game. So definitely differential. Yeah. I think okay,
1: this one is, is a bit of tongue in cheek here. Yep. I don't know if you've seen it, but at I have. 23.8%, my differential is fucking Sala. Because <laughs> he's normally what? 40 to 60% owned and a premium yep. and in everyone's team. And how I would, you know, it's a huge thing to not go with him. But everybody seems to be on the same track right now that it's not worth the extra money. Uh, to start with them over say Rashford or something like that and I can understand the rationale there because of the extra money that you are getting by going with a Rashford you're also getting a Martinelli or a Bruno or something as well so I get it I understand that uh, we can get into the Sala versus no Sala debate later I'm, I'm assuming it's gonna be like 10 minutes of content because it's <laughs> it's a pretty big decision and there's sort of two templates that have formed a mo and a no mo template and the Nomo template just like dominating in the contributor engaged manager world versus the Nomo template so that's why i have it as a differential i think yeah, it makes sense and, and it's probably worth caveating
0: in that i think both you and i both have
1: salem in our yeah in our template so it's not what? popular amongst the rest of the contributors i feel like there's like a we have like a whatsapp chat and there's like a whatsapp post today on why not having mo makes so much sense it's you know, I, 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 but,
0: so and I guess I and I disclose that because you probably Kevin and I are probably both biased towards having Salo in the team, so it's worth
1: bearing that in mind in terms of whatever we argue yeah, later yeah. On. yeah, um, but okay, I think he's very noteworthy on how a low ownership he is because if you want him, it's really fucking hard to get him, yeah, <laughs> and if you uh feel like if you start with him and then you're like. Oh, you know what? Maybe I do want Rashford and Martinelli. It's really easy
0: to do that. Yeah, but 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 to get him, it's two maybe three transfers, right? Is your point exactly? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Patrick's getting to. I mean, I don't think there's that much more. I mean, for me, it's as simple as that. If you put, I think it's as simple as you set out though, Kev. You go for Mo. It means you probably have to have a six. You know, because what is he? What, I, think you for, ho- I think he's, it's he's three and a half, four, people. four million more than someone else. So you, you can end up moving like, you know, Before I've got.
1: That. Sorry, go for it. Sorry, you, sorry. It's as simple as you, the Mo template is four at the back. The other one is three five two. You got a fucking Martinelli becomes a chill well. That's how you got to do it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I got my no, mom. It's nine thirty here. I'm drinking coffee.
0: No, that's cool. I'm I think I mean I don't think we need I think it's as simple as that. As you say, you, you've got three or four million more in the bank, which probably gets you, as you say, it, it moves a, a cheap defender to a premium midfielder of some sort, or you get a couple of little upgrades, you get like, you know, you have yeah. I it's it's for me, it comes down to that, but I think it comes down to do you believe that there's some good cheap options out there? And I kind of do, which probably leads into some of my differentials. So nice I will transition. Good trend. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so I've got two Arsenal ones. Uh, both of these are in the last draft that I've... The, my current team that's literally sitting in the game. So first one is Kai Havertz, 7.5 million, 5.1% owned. Um, I was looking at Havertz anyway before the Jesus injury. Because um, I think there's a chance that Havertz will get some minutes up top. I still think he started number eight. I think that's where he's come into the team. He's the highest played pay- player at Arsenal now. We paid a lot of money for him he has to play lots of minutes uh if you look at last year Xhaka missed Xhaka was did well for us but he wasn't a finisher i think Havertz will get a lot of chances from that midfield and we've already seen that he also drops into that he kind of rotates a bit in the ten roll with uh odegaard we've sort of seen that in pre-season that's going to develop it could go one way or the other clearly but i think for seven and a half minutes i think he's good value and i think he might get some time up front with jesus not there so I like him, and there's a good chance I will start the season with him. My other one is... Want to hear is, a
1: fun, fun stat on Havertz?
0: He, he's, he doesn't score
1: any goals. No. Nope. I like So So, he got, what, seven goals last year? Probably, yeah. He didn't, he didn't get many. Out. And what did Saka and Odegaard both got, like, 15? Or Martinelli and Odegaard got 15, and Saka got 14? Like Havertz that. had the highest XG at all your mids. To almost 12. Saka... He had more than Saka, more than Odegaard, more than Martinelli, more than Trossard. All these guys had a lower XG than Havertz. Havertz missed a fuckload of chances last year on a shaky Chelsea team with no confidence. He's going into a team that's going to be full of confidence with a really good manager. I think it's a great pick, man. I think it's a really... I I don't know if it's necessary to start with them. Like, I think you wait for him to break out wait and see but I think overall it's a really good pick and it's cheaper and I and and the oh, it seems like some people care about XG with some players and don't care with other players like when the prices were being released remember when I was like Odegaard at eight and a half because we kind of like knew about him before the rest of the Arsenal mid and I was like that doesn't make any sense like they should be like 10 million they all had like over 200 points last year right and then it was um oh, well, you know, it depends if you care that Odegaard outperformed his XG. Like he had 15 goals on 9.75 XG. I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. But then when Saka's price came out and when Martinelli's price came out, nobody fucking said anything about their dramatic (laughs) outperformance of XG. It's like they care with some players and they don't care with others. Like Foden's is off the chart. If you care about XG, Foden had had like 11 goals on an XG of like five, right? So I think the fact that Look, I don't care too much about this shit. I think it it, it, it can kind of like help you with maybe realizing, okay, maybe Saka and Odegaard and Martinelli's numbers come a bit more down to earth, you know, maybe a little, or maybe they're just really good finishers and they get a ton of good opportunities. Whatever it is, Havertz is now in that system. I think his goal output is going to be more in line with, with, with an Odegaard from last year, because I think uh, while we all expect Havertz to come in and replace Saka in that spot, I wouldn't be surprised to see all of a sudden Havertz going more into those positions that Odegaard was going in last year and Odegaard exactly. taking over the Zaka spot, right? And all of a sudden, yeah. you've got like yeah. a huge explosion of points from Havertz uh, getting kind of doing what sort of Odegaard did last year. Anyway,
0: yeah, but, but, but honestly, watching the games though, Zaka had so many chances and he just, he, he's not a finisher. You know, he still, you know, Zaka still got quite a few goals last season. Not like he didn't get goals. He got a break. You,
1: you could argue Havertz isn't a finisher then. I mean, he was like number one for underperforming his XG in the whole league last year.
0: Yeah, but I, again, just, I think, I just it's think a he'll, he'll, he'll play better in a. He'll play better in a more. Yeah. in in a better in a, in a better environment because obviously Chelsea I agree completely, dude.
1: And I I think are with Xhaka's underperformance versus or just fucking up all the time he's just kind of a psycho idiot that would like blast it into the 10th row of the stands every di- he'd like shoot from miles away when it's like what are you doing you idiot like i remember saying that about him more than any other player <laughs> yeah. He just blast it from no man's land and then go get a red card for no reason like i'm i'm so happy to, for fact, to, t- to be clear head. he didn't
0: get sent off last season but anyway let's let's not get into that um and then i've got uh jim timber a uh, new signing from Ajax, 5 million, 2.7% owned. Clearly, the popular safe pick is Gabriel. Um, I mean, I think Saliba's a fairly safe pick as well. My only question over Saliba yeah. is the fact that he's just coming back from injury and will we just give him a look? Will we risk? Just... Rest him into the into the season, but you know, Sleeper, you know, once once we know he's fully fit, he's definitely nailed. He may play every game. I'm just saying.
1: Do You of, think like, that's the well, risk? Well, while, while the season's like they have a match a week right now, like there's no Europe and shit like that for a while. I, I just,
0: I just, I think it's a small risk. I think it's a massive risk. To be fair, it's no bigger risk than Timber. I mean, the reason why I think Timber will get good minutes is he's played left back, right back, centre back, so he's already played in quite a lot of different positions. He's been praised mm-hmm. for the fact he's going to come in and do the sort of the sort of inverted midfield-type role from fullback. Zinchenko's right. injured, and I'm not convinced... You know, Zinchenko, we've got to be really careful with him getting him back to fitness. Tommy Asu's made of glass, and seems like he's coming at the end of games anyway.
1: I mean Tierney or Toast. Like, yeah, not. Tier,
0: Tierney's not popular, and I just think Timber's a more natural right-back than White. So I just think there's lots of reason why Timber will get good minutes. For me, if he starts on Sunday in the Community Shield... And plays well i think he'll be in my team ahead of gabriel
1: okay i just think like how long do you think it'll be that until you wild card like four weeks eight weeks wait like maybe the whole first half of the season it'll be it'll be somewhere
0: between four to four to eight weeks so i'll be fairly early on so i'm fairly i'm i'm happy to go aggressive and go for a player that i think will I think get me more points life.
1: like he maybe scores or gets an, an I just think, like, if Zinchenko and White are both there, like, the risk of Timber not getting good minutes is pretty high, man. I mean, like, I I just, I know he's been doing all these different positions, and you know Arsenal better than me, but it seems to me like Arteta's trying to sign like elite backups for every position where, you know, when they first come in, you're like, oh, maybe this guy takes over for White or Zinchenko. I don't, I mean, I don't know enough about Timber, but like, that'd be a pretty big like deal that like those guys are not going to be easy to dethrone. And then you, it's sort of like when Trossard came in, like he's really good, but he didn't come in and dethrone anyone. He's just like the backup guy. That's like elite because this is like a, a Europe team now that's going for the title this year and stuff like that. Right. So I just think it's, it's so wait and see, but, but you know more than me, but just the way you're talking about, it feels sort of hunchy then. And you, you might. do you, What if you get in trouble with it? Then you're going to be using a transfer and a five million D right away. That might drop to four nine quickly.
0: I'm happy with it. I'm. Um, uh, All
1: right.
0: Uh, cool. Yeah. No, but I, 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 I see. I see the flip side on that. And then, um, Jao Pedro of Brighton. We talked about him before in the previous pods. Kev, i kind of. Yeah. 5.5, five point5 five five. Five point five million. Five point five percent. I quite like him. I think I've decided that I probably will go with him because okay. he is—he's cheap. I think he'll. I think everyone in Brighton will rotate to some extent. I'm yeah. not even convinced Matoma's as rotation proof as people might think, and they paid a lot of money for him. So I think I'm just yeah. going to go with him.
1: But he took a penalty best. in preseason and scored it, which is—I mean, McAllister's not there. We don't yeah. know what's going on there. The fact yes. he did that is like. Trying to guess who's taking penalties, like we've seen this guy actually fucking take one. (laughs) Like that's a big piece of proof if you're doing a little who done it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, and then I've got Mason Mount here. Now I have he was in some earlier drafts. I've gone off him a little bit because so he's seven million six point two percent owned. I. I'm a bit put off him because I do think Fernandez is just a better pick. He's the man. Yeah. I, and and I've kind of found the extra money to go to Fernandez. But Mount was in my teams before, sort of creating a bit of extra, extra cash. But I'm just, I think Mount is a player I'll look at closely. If he ends up playing more like the 10 role, more of an attacking role, then I think he's someone I might bring in later on. But I just think he's, there's too much uncertainty there for me at the moment. But I, I, have,
1: I have generally looked at him fairly hard and he was in some of my earlier drafts played you had him in your draft and then they had a friendly with Bruno and Mount and Mount was clearly deeper so it was sort of like a big piece of information you learned since then exactly and then
0: I got three man city of which one I know Kevin I both like which is Alvarez six and a half million three three percent owned I think the fact that De Bruyne has still not been playing mid-season and I think I don't. I don't think Alvarez will play all the four first four games. I'm even if he's even if he's not in the elite lineup, I'm still might go with him. You know, I just think he'll just get on the pitch and get minutes, and City score goals, and they score more goals towards gender games. So Where he didn't start is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. So he's I, I kind awesome. of like Alvarez.
1: Yeah, he's in my team, man. I'm. I'm like fingers crossed. I hope the Community Shield and or the game week one leak, you know, first kickoff of the season leak comes out, and he's in the lineup because. I view him in the same category as Foden, but a million cheaper, and there aren't great forward options. This helps so much for so many reasons right now. Like, it allows me to turn a 4.5 million guy into Chillwell if I do him over Foden. Like, it, it's a big... Like, I have a, a draft with Alvarez starting and then a draft without him starting. Like, he is for sure in my team if he's leaked to be starting. And then the very most recent preseason game, which was against, was against Bayern or something. It was against like an, a good team. The lineup was Alvarez and Holland up top yep. in a front two with Grealish on the left, Foden in the 10 and Bilva on the right right behind them. And to me, if KDB, if say they, I could see Fe- Pep doing different shit like that to start accommodating Alvarez to get out there because he has taken that next step forward. He was fucking key for Argentina in the World Cup, man. He like broke out in the World Cup. He was playing. It was like him and Messi. Yep. In 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 the and like the in like the clutch knockout round matches for Argentina. So like he was, I, don't know, I think he broke out there. And then of course, it's like it's like we all thought of him as a backup kid. That if Holland got injured, go get him. But then they, what happened was Pep started playing him as one of those wingers. He was coming in on the right wing, coming in on the left wing. Like he he was in the rotation with Grealish and Foden and Bilva and Mares. So yeah. he kind of entered into the mix of that, you know, who's gonna be the next breakout guy? I think, I think we all just have like a hard on for Foden because he's British and he's fucking cool or whatever it is, and like he's explosive and gets these goals. But, I mean, any of these guys could develop into some superstar. And just, I, I, I guess bottom line is, I think he's in that same pool as those other guys to a degree, and he's a it's full one year Agreed. It's like a big deal, man. And, and like, uh, I mean, I personally would like to start with three city whether it's attackers or or, or two attackers in a d we'll see but i think it's a great pick and to me he's like i love that like no one else has him too like when i see drafts he he does he only seems to be in like the mo drafts not in the no mo drafts and this is an example of one of those guys that you can f- sort of find value maybe yeah at the, beginning of the year and like you don't have to like you you can get to Mo from a Rashford because there's guys like Alvarez and Matoma and Bumo in the game. Which, which I think gets overlooked in that argument. But anyway, I love the pick. Cool. And then last
0: two city, you know I like him. I got Bernardo Silver in there, six and a half million, three point six percent. Um and that's probably partly down to the if we don't get Alvarez, could I go for Silver instead of the Foding and stuff? I think the the question mark with Silver is I know he's been linked away from the club as he seems to be every summer at the moment, um. Yeah. But he is liked by Pep, and if you look if you look at his minutes, he generally plays every game to some extent, even if it's half an hour. So he he you know he is he is the fulcrum of that team, and he goes through sort of hot patches. He you know he's a uh, you know I still prefer Alvarez to him, but he is a
1: player that I that interesting I have at. he's got. Higher ownership, the number is like 5. 0.6. Yeah, here 3, 4, 3, 7, I'm yeah. gonna caveat this statement by saying I don't like Bilva as a pick at all, personally. Yep. But what I like about him, if you're gonna go with him, is Marez is gone. He actually does play right wing, everybody thinks Foden plays right wing. I think he played like three right wing games, Foden total out of his like. 200 games or whatever he's played like he doesn't really play right wing all preseason Foden's been playing as like a left mid or number 10 in that one match and playing up through the middle he hasn't been lining up his right wing everybody's just assuming that's gonna happen and whatever fuck everybody wants to you know push the narrative or whatever Bilva has been playing right wing they haven't signed anyone else so there's actually a legit chance Bilva's the fucking right wing in a very attacking city, right? Like, and there's a, there's a difference between right wing Bilva and, you know, mid three, right? Mid Bilva. I think he's way more attacking when he's playing up on the right wing and he does get it. He does get returns. So I don't, I don't hate it. Um, you know, to t- I think the biggest risk with all these attackers is when De Bruyne comes back. Then what? And he's he was just on the bench, so he's like really close to being back. Like you know, and yeah. If you're picking this team, even off the Community Shield, or even if we get a game week one leak, that might all be out the window by the second half of game week one. Yeah, with agreed De comes back on the pitch, and to me, the most likely player De Bruyne's going to replace, unfortunately, is Foden because he's been playing all preseason in that De Bruyne spot. Yep, yeah.
0: yeah. And then finally, I've got a Kanji down 5.0, no, 3.6%. And it's kind of slightly inspired by the fact that there's rumours that John Stones is injured. And I think, yeah, a Kanji's kind of right back, center back. And I just think he was very popular last season, although I'm conscious that as soon as we started picking him, he stopped playing. But anyway, um, but that's the, but that's the risk you have with City, right? Um, know yep. we, we normally do captain but like we're all going to captain harlan this week and then i guess the thing to add is in game week two if you've got mo yeah. you're probably going to captain mo which is a bit different right and that's and that's yeah. where the mo and that's where the Salah debate comes in as well as a case of it gives you an t- alternative captains at points
1: in the season i think with an 80 whatever percent Haaland, the first narrative everyone's going to have is like perma captain. I never you never you're just never gonna go against this guy. But I think if you're trying to do well in this game, you can strategically go against this guy some weeks. So there's gonna be a handful of weeks where you're like, you know what? I want to win my mini league. I don't want to just perma captain Holland uh like everyone else. Because I'll tell you right now, not everyone else will. There's gonna be guys that do take punts on other captains, and the weak Holland blanks, if their captain hits, they're gonna be fucking miles ahead of you. So th- there's this. There's this thought like, can't go against the template, can't go against CEO, don't want to get punished, don't want to get punished. And I get that. And you're going to get punished if Holland goes, like in game week two, and we're captain and Mo at home to Bournemouth. And, you know, if Holland goes banana, because even, even though he has a tough fixture with Newcastle, still at home, he could get a hat trick against anyone. Um, but but he didn't score 57 goals last year in his 18 home matches. You know, like it, it he, he, he doesn't hat trick in every game. So I guess my like it's it's obviously going to be a shitty scary weekend but I think there's like a handful of weeks if you look through the schedule maybe like 8 to 10 games or we, game weeks where you're like you know what this is a week I want to I want to take on Holland and I've got a really good punt and I think to me game week 2 most solid home to bournemouth uh, while Holland has a relatively difficult opponent, it it's 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 like one of those weeks I wanna do that punt or take that on, and hopefully it works for me. Maybe it doesn't, but I think that's gonna unfortunately, or uh if if you can't handle the nerves, I think it's gonna be part of the strategy this season is you're gonna have to pick a handful of weeks where you go against that, or or you're gonna finish like 80k, whatever. Yay, I broke a hundred. You know, I like if you're just going to fucking template it and permacap Hall, and what I've noticed is every year that that template type team, their ranking is getting slightly worse and worse. You used to be able to sort of like challenge for 10, 20K. Last year, I would say all, uh, you know, those guys sort of finished around like 40 to 80K. And I think it's going to become like 50 to 90K and then 60 because so many more people are joining the game and copying teams and doing template. And now we've got a permacap. And if you have a permacap, that's one less variable everyone has to sort of differentiate their scores. So I think if you want to actually like challenge for top 10k, I think you're probably going to have to take on Holland a couple times this year and hope it when you're either going to end up top 10k or you're going to end up like 150k. But I think yeah. you, or, or I if and, and if you're looking at yourself in the mirror being like I can't handle the stress of that, like well what's the fucking downside? You end up like 70k, who cares? Like do you want to go for top 10k or not? I just think because the whole world has moved to template you sort of have to take on risk here and there strategically. So I like I like Mo Captain Game Week Two a lot. I think it's 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 a unique opportunity where Mo is like very like lowly owned against and he has one of the best fixtures of his entire season right now. And what I also like that that everyone seems to kind of look past is game week three. I might even might even sell Mo. I might, I might move to the Rashford and Martinelli thing instead of like Mo and Matoma or whoever. Maybe I'll do that, right? Like, let's see how the season starts off. Maybe there's a guy we haven't even thought about. Maybe fucking Diaby for Villas, like must own, and we all move to him. Maybe I'll do that. Like, I just like that. I like starting with Mo, having that juicy differential fixture right off the bat to, to captain is a big part of why. Yep, agree with all that. So. I'm gonna
0: do a bit of team news. Uh, yeah. I think Kev, you added a few bits on here. We'll kind of go for the big teams and then I've got I've got like two or three questions thrown in here as well from uh some of our yeah. listeners. So so Arsenal, I think we kind of touched on some of these already. Like Jesu's mm-hmm. n- missing the start of the season within the operation. I kind of made that presumption earlier on that people knew Sinchenko's still not back from injury. Uh Saka was sick against Monaco the the other night, but he's fine. And there's a massive link with David Ray, which is why Ramsdale was falling off everyone's radar. Because I think Ramsdale was a, a good Arsenal pick before, you know, he was probably my Arsenal defender pick before that news has broken in. And, you know, the Ray thing's a real thing. We're starting to bid for him and stuff. So I think uh that puts clearly makes Ramsdale a no-go. Um Man City, we've touched on a few of these bits as well. So the boy hasn't played yet, but as Kev said he was on the bench. Stones looks like he might be injured. Gaviduk or Gavadil. Joined is joining the sort of defender, depending eight 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 million quid on him. Let's see how that plays. Mares has gone, as you said. If you went in here, Kev Walker's rumored to be leaving as well. It's kind of been rumored for a while. Which I think, if he goes, that definitely strengthens a Kanji's position. And yeah. you put Makati is still there. What what's McAtee. that? Sorry,
1: I remember me? Wrote his fucking name wrong. But that like four and a half million uh, City midfielder. What's his name? Makati, Yeah. okay never heard of him yeah he was on loan for i forget who last year but he was good and now he's back and he's been playing in preseason and i think he scored and he just seems to be like the highest ranked sort of like young prospect on the team like we're all familiar with Palmer or whatever because he never gets loaned out but i think this guy is like the top of that young person depth chart okay that's interesting that's an interesting punt four and a half cool Thank you for well, that. It's like that. uh, you know, if something were to if he were starting and if he did well, it's just something Yeah, I guess the downside of doing a four and a half million punty Man City midfielder is it stops you getting yeah. three proper Man City players, right? Just add them to your watch list the same way you gotta add uh Gusto, the four million defender from Chelsea your watch list. Like these are the sort of like the next the next names to start to recognize yourself with because they, they do start weaning their way into the teams at some point. Yep.
0: And then Liverpool, so McAllister was off in the last match, but apparently it was fine. It was kind of precautionary. Um, Mbappe, so Mbappe's been linked to Liverpool and Chelsea because he's, for anyone who doesn't know, he turned down the chance to go to Saudi Arabia to earn ridic- ridiculous sums of money for a season. But there's there's lots of rumours of a one-season loan with a large loan fee to PSG because clearly he's fallen out with PSG. But yeah. Paul and Chelsea seem to be the two clubs he's been linked with. I mean, that would... That would uh, that would certainly uh, ra- uh, make things interesting in terms of picks, because clearly he's an uh, elite player and would be at an elite price. You know, sort of haaland type type numbers. Yeah. Um, and then Lavi has been linked with the Liverpool, which I think sort of Kev you said might push Trent back. From, but from what I can tell, he's already pushed Trent back. Exactly, he's, he's already back. Exactly. So I just don't think Trent is playing forward. So I mean, I mean for for me, Trent is. Not even, I'm not even looking at Trent anymore. He's definitely out of all my drafts. And I think, I think that's kind of the general feeling now that if he's not playing forward, then the extra
1: two and a half, three million quid, he's just, it's just not worth it at the moment. Like, especially if your plan is to wildcard relatively early because their fixtures, besides that Bournemouth home fixture, it's like Chelsea away. I mean, I know Chelsea have sort of been like a joke the last few years, but I could see them scoring on Liverpool, especially with the fucking goals Liverpool have been leaking all preseason. Yeah, they don't seem to be tight defensively at all. I mean, Bournemouth might score. Who knows? We're assuming they won, but Newcastle away—that's not great. I mean, ironically, that's probably like a better clean sheet type fixture, just because the way Newcastle play, I could see it being like try to be like a one-nil draw kind of thing. But I don't know. Actually, Newcastle were pretty attacking near the end of the year, and then Villa at home. I mean, I could see Villa scoring the way they play. Like, I don't think that's a great fixture either. I like, I like see one clean sheet there. And even then, I wouldn't be shocked if Bournemouth scored. So then, to me, it's like, okay, well, I sort of looked at Trent. Like, if he is in midfield, then I kind of view him as, like, Odegaard-type comparison to me. Like, that. he's going to be in the midfield doing all this creative stuff and getting potentially a shitload of attacking returns. Like, he might push for, like, double-digit goals as a defender and, like, 10 goals, 10 assists. And then, if that's the case, then... You know, the clean sheets are just a bonus, even if they even if they had a horrific season and got like only seven clean sheets or something, which I think it's going to be higher than that for the record. But like those are just don't even think about the clean sheets. That's just a bonus. But if he's going to be back on right back, then he's just back to regular old still really good Trent. But he's now at his highest priced ever. And he's probably got the least clean sheet uh, weekly season ever. I don't like it. Like, what did he do last year? Around 150? I mean, he, he's priced at eight because he, he gets 200s. But that's back when pool were, like, fucking elite. Uh,
0: he's, he's priced at eight because they assumed he was playing midfield, similar to how they dropped Havertz's price and right. put him as a midfielder because we said we're going to play midf- midfield. So they're kind of using the information from the managers. Right. But I Yeah, I agree with all that. And I think, if you think about it, Trent is, what, two and a half, three million more from your five and a half, five million defenders. That's yeah. close to what the difference between mo and your nine eight and a half midfielders if that kind of makes sense so you're kind of like it's got the same price differential as the next sort of set of midfielders down and you're going well why would you spend that extra money on trent you for
1: me you go sallow over trent um yeah and then if you look at what we talked about earlier they sort of like underpriced most of the defenders so you're getting like yeah. Let's like say Pedro Porro and like, I know that he's in a back four now, but say he ends up doing this inverted role or say they go back to a back three and he becomes this elite attacker. Stupid is an elite attacker. You got Chilwell there you got 5 million Arsenal guys. Like it's, it's, it's like when you drop from Trent to Arsenal, you're still sort of in that, like say Trent's in his own tier. You're still in that like next highest tier of players. When you drop from Mo to the next tier, like it, it is, its you know still a pretty good tier but like there's just not like you can't just how do i put it i don't know that doesn't that didn't come out right it's like if you're gonna like the four and a half million d and the five million d or whatever they're still putting up like not that far off trent numbers when you go off of mo down like it's a pretty big gap man in the points yeah like mo had a bad season and he was still the number one point scoring mid trent had a bad season and he wasn't number one he was like two three but it was like a dramatic drop off in his points i don't know man i guess you could i don't know you could argue it any way you fucking want i guess this this is sort of why you caveated at the beginning i think we're going too hard on mo over trent but i just think if he's not in mid it's just a pretty expensive price tag to say it's not a team that i think is going to get a ton of clean sheets yeah agreed
0: um so chelsea i mean i guess i think you mentioned a couple of these points so so sanchez is signed for chelsea from brighton which i guess has body more impact from brighton than Does for chelsea i'm not sure he's coming in as first choice don't uh think so. and and forfano injured as you mentioned earlier kev but they just signed another defender like diassi today was signed so yeah. they're kind of like it's kind of weird because they've said they openly want to get rid of all these players because their uh-huh. squad was too big yet they're still signing players and then up front, Broglie is injured, but he, surely he's going to go out on loan. Nkuku and, and was injured, who was kind of like had been doing well in pre-season, and then Lavrovic has been linked, the guy from Juventus, who Arsenal signed like a year and a half ago, and there's like a room of like a swap deal with uh, Lukaku, who obviously is still in Chelsea's book somewhere. Um, so, for me, with all the with players still coming in, and I think it's hard to pick some of the Chelsea players. I, I like the Connerwell pick, and I like the Chilwell pick. I do. I do think they'll yeah. will get minutes, but I do think
1: further forward there's still a bit of uncertainty because they're clearly still trying yeah. to move some pieces. Biggest challenge with Chelsea is that their good fixtures are now, right? Like after, well, I know they got Liverpool game week one, but then they've got like we'll ha- West Ham, Luton, Forest, Bournemouth, Villa, Fulham, I, Burnley. I,
0: I, I think you could. I think you could wait till game week three to move to Chelsea. Yeah, sorry,
1: That's you could wait lot. till game week three to move to Chelsea, but like, I. I guess if you're going to wait and see, you know, then you're going to start getting closer to game week eight and, and nine and whatever. And then they go on like a really tough run where you don't want any Chelsea until like almost the mid mid season point. So it's, it's like, you're going to be, it you know, around Christmas time when you're wanting them again. So I, I think it's, it's sort of tough because it's like, okay, Jackson looks great. There was a point in preseason where it's like, fuck, I want Jackson. Oh, I want Nkunku, Kunku. Oh, I want Sterling. Oh, I want Chilwell. And it's like, Okay. Well, Chilwell's taking all these set pieces. James isn't even out there. So we haven't even technically seen them playing together. It might Maybe only one of them runs forward when that happens. Maybe it's James and Chilwell stay, stays back. You know, and Kunku looked great. Jackson looked great. I don't even know what kind of minutes these guys are going to get. I know when Kunku's injured, maybe Jackson doesn't get the minutes we all think he's going to. I just think it just makes more sense to wait and see. And but then the challenge is okay. How long do you wait and see? Like you said, if you can time it for game week three, great. You got enough information, and there's no other breakout player or no other issues in your team, great. But if you wait a little longer, then it's like, oh fuck, their fixtures actually get pretty shitty soon. Now, do I even want to go there? And it's just sort of tricky.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, for Man United, though, I have one thing written down, which is this striker Holland is joining. Yeah. Uh, so Dave Seed asks, sort of, how do we think that affects? Rashford's potential and I guess I mean my initial thought is one of the reasons why people are going for Rashford is we think he's going to play up front right. but it's clear to me the Man United have been after a striker, which is which I've not really had Rashford in my team because I think it will just yeah. drop back a bit more um but maybe if that you know if he if he's a good hold good hold up link striker then you know it's a bit like Saka and Martinelli you're gonna you're gonna run off them and you know perhaps Rashford is the way to go but for me i don't think hall, hall and joining is necessarily a good thing for rashford i think it maybe helps him to some extent if he's a good for, for forward and gives him more chances but also stops him playing up front so maybe yeah. overall doesn't make that big a difference that's kind of why i got to but that's probably a bit bit a bit of a cop-out answer
1: yeah it's look we don't know uh apparently Correct. he's a link up <laughs> player right so he's yeah. a, he, he he fits this like eric ten hog style of play where he wants this link up Uh, stuff to happen. Uh, I think Martial was like that, but Martial was obviously injured a lot. Uh, And I think he's a bit taller, so it's going to help them on set pieces because their defenders aren't very tall. They don't have a tall team, right? I would imagine on set pieces they've got some issues, but with Rashford specifically, I think it helps and hurts him. I think it helps him because of his link-up play thing, but I think it hurts him a lot because he played... uh, He was their most middle forward attacking player last year, whether he started as center forward on the team sheet or on left wing he ended up coming in in the middle and being their most attacking player and this is going to stop that he this this the hall and light is going to become the new fucking guy in the middle i think that's a big uh how do i put it if last year was like the best rashford situation year ever if anything changes that i view that as bad and this is changing that in a big way positionally the link up play is good but him moving out of that central position is not good. And I find it interesting because last year he was like six, six and a half million. And I know by the end of the season, we all had him. But it was a lot of long period of time where no one really had him. Even when he was breaking out after World Cup, not everyone just jumped on him like most of us. Like a lot of people didn't. Now he's nine million. He's like, gotta have him. He's like the fucking, he's on like Sons price level. And it's like, gotta have him, gotta have him. I don't have him. I'd rather go from him to rap, to Mo. Uh, or I'd, I'd way rather have Bruno personally. I think Bruno, I think this new guy helps Bruno a lot more than Rasford. I think all the signings that they've been making help Bruno a lot more because Bruno's going to be the middle hub the guy and Bruno's going to be like, give me the fucking ball guy, the whole, <laughs> no matter who he's playing with. And he's going to run into the box and he's going to, I still think, take a lot of the sort of like set piece kicks that are direct free kicks on goal. So I I like Bruno because of this. Anything that helps their attack in general, I think helps Bruno, but it's situational for Rashford and I just think he's priced at like his absolute like you're buying high on Rashford and this comes in and sort of dents dents just changes things a bit which potentially could be bad for Rashford, I guess. So, if you're yeah. picking one, I like Bruno way more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree agree with you on that. But again, there was a risk that Kevin and I are
1: both thinking similar things. So do take that into account when you hear of yeah, yeah like I um, mean, like Rashford is sort of the main guy you're gonna lose if you're gonna go to Mo. So that's yeah. part of the thinking. But I don't think I would if I I have had a no Mo team and it doesn't have Rashford in it. It's got one Bruno. Sorry, it's got one menu attacker. I have other players instead. Yeah, so it's not just yeah. a Mo thing. Yeah. Um.
0: So Brighton, we've always mentioned Sanchez's gone, which funny makes still is probably likely number one, but Verbruggen is in the wings. I think Kev noted down that Lalana's been starting at number 10. So I had a quick look. He's yeah. five million quid. So probably one to watch, but I'm not sure many no. people start with him.
1: Fuck Lalana. It's it's more an inciso thing. Oh, uh, okay. You put that this in there good. because Inciso starting at 10 me, like that guy's in my team <laughs> for sure. Uh-huh his stats are unreal but the fact Lilana, like the one thing i was worried about uh is like when i did my first when the game launched and my first draft and everything like that had inciso in it for a while and i was like this guy allows me to do so much stuff because he's he's cheap and mcallister's gone and i think he's going to come in and sort of like fill that role and he had a lot of goals and assists in his limited minutes his xg and, and, and xa were like almost as high as matomas and march and shit with like a third of the minutes like it's pretty incredible um right. but lalana was playing the 10 and then he got injured and then that's sort of when things changed when we all started buying mcallister and then like in cso near the end of the season started coming in and i thought Fuck, i wonder if when lalana's fit he just goes straight back in at 10 and that seems to be what's happening and it's fucking brutal Okay. I think in general for Brighton's attack. Yep. Okay. Uh, but Lalanne will be hurt by like game week three, and then we can assess then. But it's just very noteworthy. Anyway. Okay.
0: Cool. Um. So then Spurs. Yeah. Yon's injured, which maybe no one really cares. And then Kane to Bayern kind of the big question, and then, or would he end up going to Man United, which I think seems less likely now. So Sandy asks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do we do if Kane stays? I mean, for me, I don't think we'll know we won't know if Kane's staying until we until there's absolute until there's a very clear announcement or we get to the end of the transfer window, which is what end of sort of game week three, four. I mean, for me, the other thing about having Mo is Kev, we could actually go to we could actually move to Kane in two moves, right? You can not Mo down to a six and a half million in bring alvarez up or something like that so actually you can get to kane fairly easily but i mean for me if kane stays it's a wait and see i mean i just don't think you can start with kane so i'm just not something i'm wo- worrying about at the moment because so i just don't there's too much uncertainty
1: well i could see this pod coming out and kane's not there or something because it seems to be going down right now like they Bayern have submitted their final bid they've just right, had yeah. a face-to-face meeting with levy so i think it's sort of now or never I know PSG was sort of lurking around, but they would probably want that money from somewhere. They were probably like expecting to get Saudi money for Um, from or something when they were talking about that, right? So, uh, to answer the question, what would we do if Kane stays? Well, absolutely nothing. I'm planning on Kane staying for how I'm building my team right now. If Kane were to leave, I would probably bring Richarlison in. Like he, I mean, I as much as I would like to say Son. I think Richarlison and Son both benefit, uh, but from the way it looked in preseason, it looks like Richarlison's the one that would benefit the most. He seems to come straight in as the center forward. He's the central attacking guy. You know, I like to think Son would just move into the middle and take over penalties and everything like that. But that, you know, and I, I, I'm sort of assuming that might happen, but it is a bit speculative. And Richarlison is there. And he did do well in preseason. He, as much as I like to shit on Richarlison, because I think he's, he's he's not that great, he still is Brazil's number nine. You know, like he has still he has some clout. He can score goals. We've seen him do it before. But he's seven million, right? Like that's, a, I mean, that would. I think he. I think Richarlison would soon become template in that scenario, or Son would, whoever benefits. But I think it would be Richarlison, and you would be able to change your team and do a lot with that money. Okay. So yeah, that's um, what would happen if he move, if he does leave. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, so then I just I'm just gonna rattle through some other teams then. So Nottingham Forest, the main thing here is Brennan Johnson is like linked with a move away to like Spurs Brentford Villa. And he's currently a six million pound midfielder. So interesting to yeah. see where, where he ends up could be a player to look at. Nothing to say about Everton, Newcastle, Livermento is signed is being signed, and he it usually really is a Yeah. That's a and massive
1: impact like- on Trippier. Sorry. So he was the Chelsea loanee that went to Southampton yep. and was, you know, he was like a four million guy, right? Yeah. Uh, and then he got pretty brutally hurt. Yeah. Then he came back, and we didn't. He really see played last league. season,
0: so I mean, I don't think, but I think it tells us that Trippier is not going to play every match.
1: I think this is massive news for Liverpool. Like, they're, I mean, it's fortunate their fixtures are so bad. I don't have any other D on the team, but I could, I think this guy's going to crack into that lineup. I, I like think... maybe not game week one, but I think he's a huge risk to somebody. Trippier <laughs> He's a massive risk to Trippier. I think it's going to be direct? Well, he's I just don't. Back. think You're getting dropped, but yeah, maybe it's just a minutes managed thing. Could exactly because because they
0: because they need to get Trippier is getting older. You said this previously. Trippier is getting older. He's what 33 now. They've got Champions yeah. League.
1: Yeah, that's I it. Think it.
0: I think it just means that Trippier doesn't play
1: every week. He didn't. Yeah, Livermento play. plays Champions League group stages. Or who knows? Uh, yeah. What if they went to like three at the back and Trippier's all of a sudden uh, right center back and Livermento's a wing back? Like they, I don't know. Yeah. It could yeah. happen. Yeah, Which, as you
0: say, Newcastle weird. don't don't have great fixtures, so we're not in the desperate need to get them, and we'll see how it plays out. Um Brentford. So Ray is on the move. We kind of knew that anyway.
1: But so- fucking was atrocious all preseason, was sort of the news on that. Because it seems like Flecken's nailed now. But it seems like all of a sudden they're just bad defensively,
0: weirdly. I, I'm just really put off. I don't have Mbumo, I'm just put off by Brentford. And I don't... If you look, I'm just not convinced I need to get a Brentford player until I see them the first couple of games, and then I might look for Mbumo. But at the moment, I'm, been, yeah. I'm just not certain. And they're actually a forward, which might ruin Mbumo's chances. In their first two games, the Spurs are right. home and Fulham away. And Fulham, Fulham have become a good defensive team. So I'm not sitting there going... You know, Tottenham home is a reasonably good fixture for them, but it's not like—I yeah. I mean, Crystal Palace at and Bournemouth are home in three and four—they are good
1: fixtures. They have—they but... they have good fixtures, man. Like I view them as, as much as Fulham may become decent defensively, it's still like a relatively good fixture. It's still, Fulham away though. Fulham at home are much better than Fulham away. But yeah, least... true. But even Spurs—they got at home. Like I could see them scoring goals there, but yeah, I—I don't—I don't think they're going to get a clean sheet. Yeah. I like them um, more. I like them Bumo a lot better than their defenders. Okay. No, no fair enough. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Um, Sevilla, Moreno, the left back's injured. Ramsey seems to be injured as well. And then the new guy, the RB, 6.5 million mid, midfielder. I saw, some. I think it was on one of our chats that Yano shared that he might have been playing up front. Sonry. Yeah, he's playing but, front too. That's oh, okay. Well, there you go. So the
1: worst case scenario is attacking wing, but he's at. So just to put it in perspective, this guy is absolutely fucking nailed like stud. He's not some guy. Oh, let's see if he turns into something. He is something. He's like a legit star that's moved over. He's, I think he's as nailed as Watkins in that team. Like he's not like a Bailey. Even a buendia gets a lot of rotation. Yeah. Like I think it's gonna be Diaby and Watkins, and then like the other pieces will move around them. I think this guy yeah. has the potential to be a, a massive pick in all our teams this year. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um
0: Crystal Palace, Sahar's gone. Uh Elise has been linked with the move away. He- the thing is, it looks like he's also injured. But I think Elisa's yeah. got like some sort of release well, clause, like thirty-five million. So I don't think there's much chance he's going to stay there, which is interesting. Bournemouth right. nothing to say there. West Ham Antonio's linked to Saudi, which I think has more of an impact on that young striker they've got, who's been yeah. doing well in pre-season. Um, uh, Luton they blank in game week two. So I think I talked about this before, Kev. Back in the back of last season, I said this before. Uh, Wolves. Don't look like spending money. Look, be doing a bit of a Leicester. Terrible. <laughs> and Lopetegui was there. Was rumours he was thinking of quitting at the end of last season due to lack of investment, and the rumours come back up again in the last couple of days. I just think Wolves could be the absolute whipping boys this season and doing 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 a bit of a Leicester. So, uh, one's a target for me, and then
1: they the... Neves too. Like he's sort of like the heart of the team. Like they're going to be so bad.
0: Yeah, but they just they are running to money troubles. They have to sell players. It's, it's kind flat. of what Leicester, where Leicester were. Um, Fulham, Mitrovic and William are both linked with Saudi. I mean, William just signed a new contract, but he's still been linked to Saudi. So, just see <laughs> how that plays out for Fulham. So that's a bit weird. Uh, Sheffield Sheffield United they signed four mil, four point oh million Trusty from Arsenal to go at centre back for them. Uh, he played. He's American international. He played like one cap or something. But um, I don't. I don't know a great deal about him because we bought him a year and a half ago. He played in. Went back to US for a, half a season. Then played in Championship at Birmingham. But apparently he's done well. Quite a rate. Rated fairly highly. So I think that's probably go. Hopefully that makes Sheffield, Sheffield United, United a better defence, which could be good for Balduk, who I think you and I both have Kev. And then Burnley have nothing to say there. Yeah. Um, so conscious of time, but that's. There quite a few questions, but sure. I, I might skip a few. So, so Sandy's asked, if you're going with Trent Salah in general, where the sacrifices you're making to save money? I think we've answered that already. Um, yeah, We start just touching it now, but who are your favourite four point five billion midfielders and 4 million defender picks? So hmm. I think defenders, I mean, I'm Balduck. with you, Kev. I like Baldock.
1: Yeah, he's um, an actual attacking wing back and a three-back Three at the back formation he's you know i don't know and he got a goal in preseason and he, he's a name we remember from when they were up last time i you know i'm assuming he's nailed it sounds like he's nailed like it's hard to just type in like his baldock nailed and you know into google it doesn't you know i tried those types of searches or like various ways of trying to check sites and stuff but it seems like he's nailed I, there's nothing Reporting he isn't. He also doesn't blank in game week two like the other guys. Uh, I just think he's the cream of the crop for the 4 million D. Yeah.
0: I mean, Bell and Bayer are also popular. I mean, I think I'm more gone to Bell than Bayer just because Luton seems to have slightly better fixtures. But I you say, but that would be my second 4 million defender if that's if I, if I end, end up with a three, 3 4 3 or 3 5 2 form, formation. Um, I mean, I don't think beyond those players. The only other one I've looked at is Lamperty, but I don't know enough about Brighton and his fitness that I trust him. I mean, I think he's a fantastic player, but he's just a bit too injury-prone. And then in terms of the midfield, four and a half, I mean, I'm more than happy with this Anderson guy because he's done well in preseason, and I don't plan to have lots of Newcastle players, so I think he... I guess the only downside is they have a pretty bad start at the season, but I'm struggling with the four and a half midfielders outside of that.
1: Well, there's Nakamba. He, he's at Luton. He's nailed. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. These guys aren't attacking though. Only Anderson's attack. Like it comes back down to last year when we all started with, uh, who was the four point five guy? We all started Bailey. with that. Pardon? Was not Bailey four and a half? I can't. Remember. No, I think he was. A, I think he might have been five, buddy. Yeah, he was five, and Neto was five point five. There was like a nailed CDM. Pereira.
0: Or... Pereira. Everyone went Pereira, didn't they?
1: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We. we uh, was this? Maybe I'm thinking of the year before when when it was. Do you remember when De Silva for Brentford was like really attacking, but he didn't start. So it was like there was like a, a four and a half million. That was guys. last
0: season, Yeah, yeah, De Silva and Brent. Oh yeah, because I actually I started with him think and then I. The year
1: before, I think it was the year before. No, it was it?
0: last season. I started with him and then
1: he. I started with him and then he did scored and everyone's scored. like should I take a hit to get him and <laughs> he went up to like four point six. But then, yeah. you know, he didn't... So, like, to I guess... Sorry, not to digress, but it's like, do you want an absolutely nailed defensive CDM that's going to get you twos and the odd three? Or do you want a guy that's going to get you ones and the odd six? And I like the, the ones and the odd six of Anderson because the there's always some jam that happens in this game. And if, if your guy gets in or whatever, doesn't end up playing and you end up getting your guy coming off the bench... I, I tend to find that they seem to get the attack and return in those weeks for some reason. <laughs> People like seem to get jammy and get lucky on that shit. So I like the upside of that versus like, yeah. oh, I'm getting Nakamba's two points. Like He plays for Luton. These guys aren't going to get a lot of clean sheets. You're going to get two points from Nakamba. So I prefer Anderson. He just had a hot preseason too. I mean, this guy is not starting for Newcastle, but I, he's a young... Prospect of theirs that's quite attacking, and I do think he's going to get minutes. However, it could be fucking Champions League group stage minutes, right? So, it's just a hard one to to know. But I I'm starting with him. I'm wild carding early, so for me, okay. Anderson makes sense. So, um Sunday's off, at, you would Yeah, go for it. Sorry. And at four, I guess he didn't ask for forwards, did he? Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Uh But yeah, for me, for forwards, the guy I'd go for on forwards is Mu Bamu. From West Ham. West Ham. I like
1: Archer. I'm on Archer.
0: So what so is Archer playing for Villa then?
1: I he's just still there, and I think you know he got a loan move to Coventry last year or something like that. And he looked good. So I think he could get subbed on for the odd minute, like Anderson and the West Ham guy too. But I think he's probably like the most talented of them, and he looked really good for England under twenty ones, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay interesting
0: yeah but i mean i don't think i think the, the but we the in our answers you can kind of see there's not a lot of there's not a lot there's of no,
1: there's no pereira
0: right now yeah you're, and i you're guess
1: looking tr- for like your arsenal guy to go to like oh, no right, yeah. uh your striker Oh,
0: Balogun to go somewhere good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you hope
1: he goes to like Sheffield United or something. You you need like a transfer move like that, like a Langa for Man United's five million. He's gone to Forest, so there's a five million guy. There's also a Bournemouth guy of five million. Like, but four and a half, we don't have that yet.
0: Yeah. So, so Balogun to Fulham to replace Mitrovic type thing. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be be
1: fucking cheat code. Yeah. Um. Mind you, I thought that way when Brewster went from Liverpool to Sheffield United a few years ago, and that was just horrific. <laughs> he didn't do anything; nobody even owned him. So, um, who say?
0: so a couple of these questions of an age while because I had a. Would you rather have? So, Sandy was asking, would you rather have Jesus and Foden, Shrek, Grealish, or Alvarez and Rashford? I mean, Jesus isn't in the game anymore, but um, to be fair, if I was asked that question before, I'd probably go Jesus um, and Foden, Grealish for me. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, a <laughs> so, Are Matoma and Mbumo the cheap must-haves they appear to be? I mean I haven't got them in my drafts at the moment, so I don't think they are, but that's my you view. don't or do? I don't have either of them. I mean I've got Pedro instead of Matoma, And as I said before, mm. I think um I think Brentford's fixtures are a bit overrated the first two weeks. I think they're good from I think three and four are fantastic, but I don't think one and two are that good.
1: Brentford are trying to buy another I mean, striker. I mean, you know, got, like a goal and two assists against Spurs in like game week 37, and he's on penalties. And he's only six I, and like yeah. he's a good pick, man. So with dupe for Mbumo over Matoma. I I I find it I fucking hate Matoma. I think he doesn't <laughs> he, he had ten the last ten go- games of last season didn't have a goal. Like I I think we all had Matoma because he uh they had all those double game weeks, and that's it, or we all would have been like, This guy's not doing fuck all on my team for like three months. Yep. He he had like a really good middle half of the season, so we all were like, Oh, this guy's great, but then it but then he was sort of like the most nailed of these attackers, and then now they've got this really good fixture run to start. So it's sort of like he's become this big EO guy, like like you said, he's like the third or second highest owned midfielder, like it's crazy after after Rashford, so third. Yeah. Uh, so it's like I don't know. I are you protecting EO with that spot or like the upside between Matoma and Umboo are probably very similar. So do you kind of like protect EO with it a bit? Like the fi- the thing with Matoma is he has like three really good fixtures right in a row, and then come game week four, I don't even think you want Brighton in your team anymore, right? Like they've got Newcastle and Man U in game week four and five. I could see Matoba being sold early where in fixtures kind of tick along a, a bit longer and so like if you don't want to worry about that spot i'd probably go in Bumo. but but my thing is like i feel like these two are like pretty obvious guys to pick right there in front of us and we're all getting fancy with like which mints what like is darwin uh upside but he's he might not even actually play that much same with foden same with alvarez like the liverpool guys and the and the man city guys like after mo and after holland we're like it's like we're we get more excited about gambling on those guys even though there's like a, a six and a half matoma and boomer right there that are like really good picks and we're just and they're like absolutely nailed <laughs> and we're just like and they're even cheaper than those other guys and we're just like ignoring them because it's boring like that i think that's what more what's happening dude they are good picks we probably should just start with them i should probably start with Mbumo instead of Foden. Like everybody wants voting because it's exciting and the upside. Like De Bruyne sitting right there, breathing down his neck. I mean, cl- I
0: mean, clearly Havertz is better than Buma, so I'm not sure what you're talking about, Kev.
1: Well, this is what I mean. Like, the, there's like, <laughs> like it probably makes way more sense to wait and see on Liverpool and Man City and Arsenal and and but and like just start with Matoma and fucking Buma, but we're like, no, fuck that. I want the pain and I want the. I'm I mean, at <laughs> the moment. At the moment, I've
0: got Havertz, Havertz and Pedro, but I could actually um and i'm starting in a i've got a four mid so yeah i could i know yeah so i could basically change habits and then boomo to
1: then when you look at your team uh, before you and Mbumo, and Mbumo, Yeah. when you look at your team when you're thinking you'll be like oh that's so boring i hate it i want yeah. i want to gamble on habits it's more fun to me i don't want to watch i don't want to watch him boomo play <laughs> i want to watch habits play right like that's what ends up happening and but yeah, I think Ibuma and return are really good picks, and like just probably you're probably going to have a better OR starting with them. Probably like okay. the odds are more, those boring picks are safer and better for your team. Um. So Matt asks,
0: I think we might wrap up with these two questions actually. Sure, what do you think of Chilwell as your third defender? I really like that because he is my Love third it. defender. Yep, nice and easy. Yeah. And then I, I, yeah, I think he is the way to go, and I think particularly with the stones injury. Would you go Bruno? He already has Rashford and Jesus or Odegaard and Darwin. I mean, again, that's probably not age royal, has it? Because Jesus isn't really around. I mean, Bruno the, and
1: Jesus, like, definitely.
0: He already got, I yeah, Bruno and Jesus, Jesus over. Yeah, 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 that's definitely. not even close for me. Yeah, agreed. Um, so there are, sorry, a couple of higher. Th- so just two bigger picture questions. One is, so from Brian Phoenix, he's not playing a bench time anytime soon. Is a weak bench the way to go for the first six to eight weeks? I think the answer to that is yes, absolutely.
1: Where are you uh, reading this, sorry?
0: Which uh, question? It's a Brian Brian Phoenix question, just below Sandy's questions. Oh, I see it. Okay. He's not playing the bench bench boost anytime soon. Is a weak bench the way to go for the first six to eight weeks? Yeah. The answer to that is yes, absolutely. And then, I, I know there's a few other questions, but I think we've, sort of talked through a lot of these points already so i'm i i think we'll just drag the pod out for an extra 20 minutes without probably needing to because we've covered a lot of points but i like this final question from the wanderer um to what extent should we be where we're investing too much in defenders goalkeepers clean sheet potential given the increased risk to clean to the introduction of the new longer time extra rule change i think is really interesting and then could this release more money further forward and divert thinking to defenders with higher likelihood of attacking returns i mean my simple answer is i generally favor defenders with attacking returns anyway because um, i've got i've got in i've got timber and i've got Chilwell. so i'm kind of already going on the attacking returns anyway so i think that just re reforces that I think it does open up the question of does that mean some of your attackers that stay for 90 minutes or the ones that get subbed on like the man city players become more more attractive. But let's just see how it plays through because it's if it's gonna be anything like the world cup we're going to get like 10 minutes of stoppage time right and games drag on forever.
1: Yeah, there's still a lot of clean sheets though. It's not like there aren't more clean sheets.
0: Yeah. And the and the flip to that also is you'll end up your defenders that get rotated after 70 minutes. They're the ones that will, will get, you know, go off in the 90th minute will be getting those locked in clean sheets as well. So it's I'm not sure it's going to be that big a difference. But let's see. I
1: could be wrong. I, I don't think that EPL is going to want these like nine minute stoppage time things, but we'll see. But also,
0: I think, remember memory of the World Cup, it was a really big thing at the start of the World Cup, but it calmed down as the World Cup went on, those players realized we waste time, we'll just get added on anyway. So players might actually adapt their behavior so
1: it becomes less of a deal. Yeah, I do know. So let me ask you a question, or two questions on this. One, if you like the attacking return so much, why aren't you on Gabriel? He was like sixth in the entire league on XGI last year.
0: That's just from corners, and I just think Timber will get forward a bit more. And I just, I, I still but think so last wait, season,
1: did, are, did they take corners out of the game?
0: Yes, they did. Um, <laughs>
1: so I, why, why, the fuck would you just ignore that?
0: I, I, I just, I just, I just think that last season, White yeah. was. I said to you, White was our best attacking play. Was clearly the best player, and eventually start getting his attacking returns. Obviously, he's no longer nailed if timber starts doing that stuff and getting linking up with the midfield i just think he will just get more more returns it's as simple as that
1: okay so it just kind of comes back down in the fact you're willing to gamble on timbers like minutes a bit more than the average person I, I,
0: yeah i i just it's a gut feeling
1: i think he'll do i think it would be attacking okay. really for us and then uh my second question is who are the really good attacking defenders like Chilwell and a and make a lot of sense uh trent's trent robertson trippier are sort of like in a different price range i don't really want to go near for
0: that it's someone in villa wow. maybe I like the villa ones
1: so Cash. even though villa have a really tough run of fixtures if we're assuming no one's ever going to keep a clean sheet again anyway should we just go for the maddie caches?
0: maybe i mean the, the other one is if he's fit obviously james but if james isn't there then he's maybe this a... gusto guy
1: oh so shaw james sure, of
0: uh, yeah i, mean, I, I do, do really play. like Shaw. The I'm sure
1: the one for like yeah. burrs really interests me because we don't really know who is gonna play where yet or what formation they're gonna play but they sort of have like power the... oh,
0: interesting, it right yeah
1: oro perisic dude like if kane left here's a scenario kane leaves son does play the middle perisic plays left wing because he played left wing this preseason in one match for like 70 minutes like, and Perisic, even though he barely fucking played last year, was is fourth on the list for XGI. With He had okay. it, eight assists last year. And he actually did. He played 2,100 minutes. It's not like he didn't play. They just kept no clean sheets, which is why he's a shitty uh, pick. But if no one's going to keep clean sheets anymore, then this 5 million Perisic become, like, a really good pick if all we care about is the attacking. I mean, he's fucking top four in last year. Okay. And it's, I mean, if he now, if he did move to left wing, like we'd all notice and all go get him right away. But, yeah. um,
0: yeah, I, 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 I think you're right. I think there's, I think there's a bit of, I think there's a lot of, there's a number of players in that five million category, right? Around there that could become really popular, but there were just a bit more question marks over them. So it's good. Yeah. I think, but, but I think that also strengthens the view that we might not, it's less likely we'll end up at Trent because there's some
1: good alternatives. We, we just don't know who they are going to be yet. I just think dude it's like one people say these comments right like I'm gonna have a back three three five two because that extra time is gonna add minutes and there's gonna be less clean sheets but like okay so you're gonna go get parasit and you're gonna go get these like if am, are you buying into it or not yeah. like are you buying into it and you're gonna go get these guys or are you just saying that and like you're still gonna get the same kind of defenders really Like, I I just, I don't know, like people, I feel like a lot of people like to make comments right now. And I don't know if it actually means it's hard to determine which pundits say things that we need to act on and which pundits say things just to like say things. (laughs) Like I say things a lot just to say things. I know that about myself. I like to try to like spark debates because I'm fishing. I'm trying to get information. I'm trying to fucking poke poke the the no mo sala template guys i want to hear what they have to say because maybe i'm missing something and maybe i'm going to act on that i don't think like from what i'm hearing i sense there's more you know people making a case that supports their thesis and they ignore a bunch of stuff just to make them feel better about why they're they're not going mo and that's fine you know i i i will admit if i'm missing something and, and change and act on it that's fine i don't care what people can think whatever the fuck they want about me that's what i'm doing i'm being very honest right now like if i'm debating you and you think i'm like arguing i'm not even trying to prove you're wrong i'm just trying to fish for like why aren't you considering these things and only considering these things because maybe i'm missing something right and with this defender thing i think it, it has the potential for like a fundamental shift in how we play the game if it's a big deal because it it, to me, it, again, if it's an actual thing, then I should put Parasit in my team right now. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. going to do that. Are you going to do that? Like nobody's going to act that much on it. So then, why the fuck am I acting on it at all? Well, I, I think it's, a, it's a bit it a bit how weird. it is, and if it changes, so be it. All it's address it in the wild card.
0: Cool. Right. I'm, we should wrap it up there, Kev. All i was going to say Thank is you. potentially we might. We haven't talked about this, but maybe we'll come back to a quick reaction to the community shield because I know that. The Arsenal Man City players are fairly important, but let's see how that plays out. We might do a short, sharp pod middle of next week, but we haven't worked that one out. But if not,
1: it impacts Arsenal more than City because I think we're going to get a leak for City.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, enjoy the rest of your holiday, mate. If we don't speak before, good luck for the first game week and uh, catch you soon. See you, buddy. Bye.